Blog Talk Radio. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. He tells the young boy, there's a fight that's going on inside me, and it's a terrible fight. It's between two wolves. One wolf is evil. It's anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. Now, the other wolf, the other wolf is good. This wolf is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. Now, this same fight is going on inside you, he tells the grandson, and inside every other person, too. The little one sat there, he thought about it for a minute, and he asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, it's the wolf you feed. Good afternoon or good morning. Hey, it all just depends on what part of the world you're listening. 
Ketel, bienvenidos, welcome, Oki, namaste. Again, welcome. Thank you for taking time to listen and be a part of the Greenhouse Effect radio show. My name is Will Green, holding down one half of our hosts and duties on our live broadcast every Monday and Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio. It's a live broadcast. Holding down the other half of our hosts and duties, uh, my best friend, we call him the Lions Historian, my dad, Bill Green. What it do, daddy What's happening? <laughs> What's up, Wilfredo? How's the world treating you these days? Uh, uh, you know, uh, great, man. I, I, I have no complaints. I'm, I'm happy about... Well, good the, for you. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, contrary to many popular beliefs, <laughs> I'm actually in a good mood. <laughs> How about you? How you doing? It's way too early to tell. Oh, there it is. There it is. No, man, it's all good. It's all good. You know, it's it's all good, but nobody ever said it all had to be pleasant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. So, you know, I, I've come to understand my challenges in life require one or two decisions. Either I go with the flow or I roll with the punches. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I, it, it's, it's a trip, man. I tell you, you know, I was um, at a um, – at a, uh, a holiday celebration office party um, this afternoon, and the thing, you know, and and such a wonderful mix and and and, and diversity of of, of participants um, in the event, and the one thing, you know, and, and at the end, um, the person who was more or less in charge of putting the event together. Asked us all to go around and just acknowledge, you know, what we were thankful about. And I started chuckling to myself because I thought, well, it's too early to tell. And I said, I can't get up and say that. <laughs> so anyway, you know, and I had no idea what I was going to say, you know. And um, and listening to everyone that's going around the room and, and all of the um, um, thanks, you know, thanks to God and, and all the other personal comments beyond um, that um that one collective statement. It dawned on me when I got up to speak, and it was as I got up to speak that, in all the you know mysteries of of the world and all the avenues that all of us gathered in that room had traveled, and in my seventy four years and my journey, it is just an amazing thing to witness. All of our different roads led us all to that particular place and time at that particular place and time. And if that isn't a testimony to God's um, um, generosity, I don't know what is. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful in that regard, and I'm thankful for, you know, that moment of a reminder, you know, that in spite of all my moans and groans and complaints, it's still a wonderful thing to see how the puzzle of life can come together at such a magnificent time. You know, it's the one I shared this afternoon. So, and you were there, you know, with me in spirit for sure. Absolutely. So, anyway, absolutely. Just wanted absolutely. to acknowledge that, man. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Shouts out uh, to Empowered Finances. Check them out, EmpoweredFinancesLLC.com. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 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 Empower or empowerment? I Empowered. 
Empowered. Okay, Empowered. E-D. Right on. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And, the, and the website is LLC.com, EmpoweredFinancesLLC.com, for those that's checking them out. If you haven't, do so. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I, I really wish I was yeah. there, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it was going to be a good time. It's good to to hear. Uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, That's you know, good. it still gets me. You know, it still gets me though. At times like that, you know, it it hits me sometimes kind of hard. You know, because <laughs> I used up my drinking quota early in life. <laughs> <laughs> what too early to tell? <laughs> I miss, uh, yeah, no, I used up my drinking quota. Too early in oh, life, you know, and, oh, and I, oh. I miss not being able to partake, partake in the in the free flow of the libations, you know. Libations, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, so I just wind up talking about this for the rest of the show. Yeah, go on. Well, man. let's let's, well, let's get to the subject at hand. All right, all right. Well, like always, uh, for those that's listening, there's a few reminders we like to drop before we really get things going here. Uh, the first reminder, we'd like to make sure that you grab a pen and paper, a uh, pencil and a post-it note, the back of an envelope. I don't know, whatever you got. Uh, maybe you've got a question. We don't want you to forget your question or comments. Uh, maybe you might pick something up from us. and Maybe you'll have something to share. Maybe we'll learn something from you. But we don't want you to forget it. We want to make sure that you write it down. Um, and so if we need to bring you in, we can bring you in. So we can bring you in uh, if you call us on the phone line at area code 516-453-6094. And you press 1 on the keypad, that'll bring your number in the queue. And you can share us, you know, let us know what's on your mind. Maybe you just want to chime in and say hello. That's cool as well. Uh, we also have our chat room that's open on the Blog Talk Radio site, which you can access when we do our live shows. Uh, you can access it with your free Blog Talk Radio account. Again, your free Blog Talk Radio account. Or if Blog Talk Radio site isn't your thing and uh, you're more comfortable with Facebook, some of you may have be listening to our show from our event page on Facebook, you can use the discussion tab there and post any questions, comments, or anything like that you, um, you may want to share on the event page. I think that's it. Is that it? My man, my man, absolutely. <laughs> you know, beautiful narration, man. <laughs> so what's going it, on in this crazy it's, world today? It's man? sometimes easier to give the narration. It's funny when it's not here. Well, I guess I'm just so used to saying it now. I didn't need to write it down. But uh, anyway, ah. that's cool. You know Amen. how it goes. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, recently, uh, just getting right into uh, the subject at hand. Uh, recently, there was um, uh, some things that transpired in the world of sports. Um, and hopefully those that are listening are familiar with some of the names that we'll mention. Uh, the first name is Deion Sanders, who used to play professional football. I uh, used to call him primetime. He played football with the Falcons. He went to college at Florida State. So anyway, he's the coach at Jackson State University, a historically black college now, um, Jackson, Mississippi. And um, uh, just recently uh, acquired an athlete who has committed to play for him next year, uh, and this young man, Travis Hunter. Um, and the way football goes, usually the students, they commit, they, they sign a letter or they commit to a school 
through recruiting and stuff. But anyway, he originally committed to Florida State University, but decided to remove his commitment, decommit, and decided to commit to Jackson State University. So that's really awesome. This guy's like number two in the nation. It's really good for a school like Jackson State to get this press because a lot of people are wondering, like, what the heck's going on? You really don't hear about athletes nowadays uh, passing up opportunities to play for these, what they call these power five schools and decide to play for historically black college. Um, So it's been making a lot of news and stuff like that. And I try not to get my social media stuff on the show. And I hope that, you know, I don't mix any personal stuff with the show tonight. But um, I I said in a post that uh, historically black colleges have been impactful before Deion Sanders started coaching at Jackson State University. Um, And apparently this this post um, ruffled a few feathers and it was no intention to throw shade, as they say, or to hate or anything like that on uh, Coach Deion Sanders. The point was, Historically, black colleges have been impactful. Um, But I can go through the comments and everything, but we're not going to do that right now. We only got an hour. We don't have a two-hour show anymore. And sometimes I can use a thousand words as well. Don't think it's just my dad. (laughs) But um, it prompted me to take a look at historically black colleges because I see that that there's going to be a lot of discussion about historically black colleges. Of course, people are going to be investigating, trying to figure out why this black kid ain't playing for this white school, you know, because now he's talking about taking money out of the school's program. And so it's a lot of layers to this situation, in my opinion. But what I wanted to do is take a moment to just look at historically black colleges. Why do they call them historically black colleges? You know, uh, a little bit of history, as we like to do on our show, providing some historical context. Uh, So for those that are not familiar with uh, historically black colleges, I just want to take a few minutes to just talk about the beginnings and the history of it. Uh, What do you think, Dad? How does that sound? Oh, sorry. My bad. I didn't know that you had... uh... Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I had had muted myself so you wouldn't hear me cussing. Ah. I'm sorry. I didn't know you had. Okay, I didn't I'm know you bad. stepped yeah. away. I'm sorry. I, I had to step away. I just muted myself so you wouldn't hear me cussing. Okay. Know, uh, All right. And so yeah, I think you know where you are, where you're going is beautiful, right on time. And I think it's a timely discussion, regardless of the circumstances it brings it, you know, to the show. So don't let me get in the way, man. You know, like enlighten us, <laughs> oh wise sage that you are. Oh no, you. You're the last. But I want to say one thing, though. Yeah. I want to say, well, okay. But I want to say one thing. You know, um, I know you said that, you know, you don't want to bring, you know, the the issues of social media to this show. Yeah. But then you said, but. (laughs) But, you know, and and then you brought it to the show. (laughs) And, you know, and that's fine. But, you know, but the thing is, man. You don't have anything to apologize about just because people don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the whole point of the show. You know, matter of fact, you know what? What I don't, I don't want to be surrounded by people who just agree with me. Although it would be nice, you know. But really, you know, man, it's the power of opinion, 
And that's what matters. You know, whether people by and large agree with you or not, the point is a point of discussion. You know, now maybe that's the problem that, you know, we, we people of color have. We take everything, we tend to take things so personal that we leave dialogue out of the picture. We just react, you know, to personal offense or personal reaction instead of understanding certain things. I know there's, you know, there's people, you know, black folks like to just kind of put above the law, you know, just, you know, let's just make these certain people, you know, unapproachable, you know, like like um, uh, like a Barack Obama or Muhammad Ali or uh, um, uh, Deion Sanders, you know, or a black, historically black college, you know, let's, you know, let's talk about everything else but them, because if you talk about them, you're hating. Well, you know, the thing is, I think what we as a people tend to do, we call things hating that we don't understand. And we call things hating that we don't want to show our ignorances about. So rather than want to deal with a dialogue that might raise our level of, of understanding about a certain issue, let's call it hate, you know, you hating just to shut you up. Because I don't want you to point out to me that I really don't know what you're talking about. You know, like historical black colleges, it's not a conversation that happens every day. Deion Sanders going to Jackson State College didn't bring a, a great wave of dialogue about, again, the great value of, of, of an historical black college. No, it became this whole theme that we just tend to do so much that we place athletes and entertainers on this plateau somehow, and some politicians, like I mentioned uh, Barack Obama. You know, we place them on this certain plateau that says we can't say anything that would suggest a negative commentary. You know, and, and anyway, I, I, I'm i sorry that, that that affects you in such a way that it does, and I know it hits you deeply when, when I don't even know if people misinterpret what you're saying. I don't even know if they go that far. I think the fact that you just bring things to light, and I applaud that you do bring these things to light on, on in areas like social media, that is meant to stir curiosity and, and discussion. Now, I I do feel bad that, unfortunately, Discussion isn't what happens. It just becomes, and I see you get caught up in it all the time, it becomes these attacks. So, you know, I hope that at some point along the way that you allow yourself an opportunity to let your skin toughen a little bit and not in turn take personal what people take personal when you make comments that aren't personal. You know, these are meant to to encourage dialogue, not discourage it. So I just wanted to just say that to you, man. My hat off to you, man. It's an honor to see you still be willing to take these issues and present them, you know, on a, on a social media platform where so much ignorance is put out there anyway. It's nice to see something put out there that gives people a chance to have, you know, an intellectual conversation. You know, anyway, that's all, man. Yeah, right no, that's keep it and, up. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's always the point uh, is to have this conversation and not – uh, this finger pointing and it just sounds it sounds like uh, you know playground discussion and not intellectual yeah. discussion. Um, you yeah. know, and, and and I can admit, you know, I, I sometimes take it personal, but not as personal as I used to because you know you have this point that you're trying to get across, and it's like how you don't understand what right. I'm saying, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. but but you know we right. lose context. We lose context. You know, texting and and Facebook. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of instead of stuff like this, like what we're doing and like we yeah. do every week. You know, um, but I'm I'm a, I'm gonna keep doing it. You know, if 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 I gotta be the 
the Joe Kilroy or the Debbie Downer, you know, then, you know, I, I'm not trying to, yeah, you know, yeah, because I, I get a lot of comments, you know, what, you know, uh, just, just, just let them have the celebration, you know, why do you have to bring something up right now, you know, just be happy in the moment and what's happening, you know, why, why do we have to bring up something else? It's, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I know, like yeah. racism, or or or, 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 or you know, or or, or, or uh, discrimination, or you know, um, um, slavery, or slave mentality, or you know, why you want to bring that stuff up, man? Let's just yeah. enjoy the moment, and the moment has come and gone, y'all, and we're still faced with the same issues, <laughs> and that's what gets me, you know. It's like enjoy what moment, you know? Don't you realize that we just went through four years of of, of of the 45th president who tried to unravel everything about the Constitution that, you know, gives black folks whatever right, rights we think we have, they're fighting for them. You know, yeah, I mean, so enjoy what moment? You know, I mean, like, that's what I would just like to know. And I'm going to shut up, man. You know, just huh. tell me the moment you want to enjoy, you know, and then, and then let's talk about that then. You know, how, what is it that, what joy are you robbing people? You know, when you bring up a, a point of view that suggests a consideration, like, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know what Deion Sanders' coaching skills are. I've never mm-hmm. heard it talked about in any of the sports show airwaves. I don't know, you know, where his skills rest as far as his true knowledge of, of the game. Yeah, you know, um, okay, I won't get into it. Let me, let me back up. Let me put on the brakes, man. Go ahead on, man. I'm sorry. You got me cranked, man. Man. Well, you know, let's 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 slow it down then for a minute, and let's yeah. let's just briefly, you know, I'm gonna try to be brief. Just look at some of the history of of uh, what we'll call an HBCU. If you heard us say HBCUs, because historically black college universities can be kind of long to keep saying as we keep talking in only an hour. So that's just to let you know. But we're talking about an, um, the first institution that was almost almost 300 years ago. You know, we're talking about a time when black people were denied admission to white schools and HBCUs became this only means to provide education to black, to black people, you know, uh, and some people will say, well, don't you mean uh, post-secondary education because of the university and uh, college at the end, but, but no, not necessarily. Um, later on, yeah, they, uh, focus with post-secondary education. But originally, back in 1837, the first school, and it's not Lincoln University, it's not Wilberforce, it was the Institute for Colored Youth. Uh, now it's Cheney University of Pennsylvania. And this was in 1837. And then later on, uh, 1854 and 1856, you had Lincoln University, also in Pennsylvania, and Wilberforce University in Ohio. Uh, little bit of information about Will Green. He actually applied. Uh, Wilberforce was one of the, uh, it was Wilberforce, Clark, and Florida and and what are three historically black colleges I applied to. I didn't know that. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, even though these, these schools were called universities or uh, institutions, um, their their mission in the early part was to make sure that Black children were educated, so they used, you know, the early part uh, in the early years, excuse me, to provide elementary and secondary schooling 
for for students who didn't have any previous education. So it wasn't really until like the start of the new century in the 1900s that they began to offer courses uh, and programs um, at a post-secondary level. So some people, again, might just think it was Lincoln and Wilberforce, but, you know, we're talking 300 years ago, you know, and 1837, you know. And what was the name of that college? Um, now it's now it's uh, Cheney University of Pennsylvania, but o- originally it it was the Institute for Colored Youth. I'm I'm taking notes, <laughs> so don't wait for me to make a comment. All right, thank you, man. Yeah, Institute for Colored Youth. Wow, the colored youths. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tripping. <laughs> this movie, uh, my cousin's in it. <laughs> in the court scene, yeah. he, used the, he, used the, he used the vernacular. You know, so these youths. And I just said, what? A youth? What's, What's a youth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. So Institute for Colored Youths. Okay. Youth. <laughs> and that was 18, 1837. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, wow, uh, man. You know, so... At the top of the century, uh, you also had um, the Plessy versus Ferguson uh, Supreme yeah. Court case, you know, separate but equal doctrine in public schools. Um, right. And then you fast forward to 1954, almost 100 years later, the Supreme Court uh, rejected the separate but equal with Brown versus the Board of Education. Um, because basically black children weren't given, you know, equal protection guaranteed by the 14th Amendment. You know, Dad, you, yeah. you talk a lot about his history, you know, 14th, 15th Amendments. Uh, we just did that last Wednesday, actually. But I found this interesting, yeah. you know, just looking from a historical point of view um, and all the times and the things that we've discussed in the past. Um, but I, I didn't know um, that about 80% of uh, black students who received degrees in medicine and dentistry, um, you know, back then were trained at um, out of Howard University in D.C. and Meharry yeah. Medical College, which is in Tennessee, and Nashville. Uh, what was what was that? What kind? Did you say um, Meharry? M E yeah me like Meharry M E H A R O. Okay, just spell it. Yeah. Okay. M e h a r y. M e h a r r y. Capital H. Meharry College. Medical College. Medical College. Medical College. Okay. Yeah. But now, you know, now uh, you can account and for Howard, about twenty percent. Right? Okay. Yeah, and Howard too. But they're still kicking out like twenty percent, you know, of uh, students who. Uh, studying medicine and dentistry, you know. So today, there are about 106, 107 historically black colleges. You're looking at over wow. 200,000 students still. Um, 56 of them, a uh, little bit more than half, are privately controlled, uh, whereas the other ones are like public colleges, universities, some two-year colleges also. Yeah, not, they're not all four years, yeah. you know. So I went to a historically black college. 
You know, there's all kind of differences. I went to a predominantly white college and I went to a historically black college, you know, and I know that a lot of people, even in, in the post, um, um, went to historically black colleges, even those that were saying, you know, hey, stop hating on Dion, which was really kind of, that's, I think that's what kind of got me too, though, Dad. I think personally, because they went to historically black colleges. And, you know, it's just the impact um, that they, I mean, that they have. 300 years ago, when there was a need yeah. for black people to get educated, to, to find a way to find these equal rights, as best as possible, you know, still trying to find their own way uh, in this racist growing of America, you know, and then we look where we are today and then we're still arguing and trying to figure out why this is such a big deal that this, that this kid decided to go not to one school, but to this other school still to this day, we're still looking at historically black colleges that don't have the proper funds you know, just to to maintain an institution like these Power Five schools. Are you trying to figure out what do you mean by that? What's the power? What do you mean by Power I, I'm Five? I'm sorry. I, I saw that Power Five. I saw that in like a, a, a an article I was reading, and that just kind of stuck in my head. But you know, like the top five schools, uh, like a Florida State or Alabama. You know, these top schools. We're that, talking about. We're talking football. about schools that like have strong football programs. Football, that yeah, you're... strong football programs. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry yeah. about now, that. I'm still piecing the. I'm still putting the pieces together. You know, because um, you know, like it's still important for me to 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 connect the dots. You know, to understand why people have issues they have on certain things that are taboo topics are talked about. So how much, you know, how much do we know about this? You know, how much do we understand? Like, what did, what did you say Deion Saunders' nickname was? Hollywood or what was it? You know, Prime showtime. time. What was it? Prime time. Prime time. Yeah. Prime time. Meaning that, you know, he shows up when the big games are being played under the lights or something. You know, whatever the case may be, you know. The thing is, I don't know him as prime time for showing up to take on political issues. You know, I just know that name being associated to playing a game, you know, which is cool, you know, okay. Um, but what, you know, what are his values? What is this political um, position? What does he, you know, feel about, you know, being the head coach of a historically black college? What does that mean on the social platform of American society? What, you know, does his re- his presence have to offer, and I'm not asking you this. This is just like the conversation I wish we as a people would have with each other. You know, what does his presence as the football coach of this institution mean for those who are coming? Are they coming to play football or are they coming for an education? You know, yeah. is the attraction so that yeah, – go ahead, go ahead. No, no, yeah, that's and that's – and I think that's – that's what kind of I think deep down that's where that post and that comment came from. You don't yeah. I don't yeah. want us to lose yeah. focus on the importance of these schools. Yeah. You know, and, well, and why long time and, ago. Yeah. And why Go they ahead. came about in the first place. But it's always been a struggle yeah, exactly. you know, for the for these schools to get the proper funding, to get more funding, to get the funding that they will yeah. deserve. You know. Yeah. So yeah. they'll blame it on backing, you know, yeah. 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 You know, so they 
So, I mean, I, I think the last time I remember reading, you know, hearing anything about a push for – and it's all about media presence too, right? It's what the media mm-hmm. feeds us. So we haven't really seen a yeah. whole lot of stuff about HBCUs. And I think the last time I saw something about H- HBCUs in this capacity, I think was when Doug Williams went to go coach at Grambling University after he played in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, you know. But but that quickly faded in the wind, you know. But And then we forget that a lot of stars, you know, Walter Payton, Michael Strahan just went to space, you know. They come from historically yeah. black colleges, you know. So it's it's not like they haven't been around or they're just popping up. But I think we, we might forget the – I don't want us to forget the importance and get so caught up in now we're trying to get football players so they can get money. We want them to get the funding, but you know, I'm getting caught up here. I'm getting all on my on my boat. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you didn't cut me off. And you know, I mean, it's the whole point of this show is to get on your boat. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you ain't no, you ain't no good to the show if you stay on the shore. Paddle on out in the middle of the storm, man. Yeah, right on. That's what this I mean, is it's, about. It's you know, it's looking at. Yeah. I think it's 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 identifying really the. I don't know how to put this, but like we said, there's so many layers to this. You know, you, you look at yeah. the, the the people's reaction in Florida, and they're oh, they're so upset. They're burning Dion uh, jerseys, you know, because he played at Florida State, and so he's you know <laughs> he's he's a traitor now to the school, you know, because he got this top pick. He's taking money from their program now, and all this stuff, you know. But it's it's so many different layers. Like maybe. Some white Americans, they will have some fear. You know, you got this, now these, these schools are going to get these top recruits. You know, oh, my goodness. What I think you even talked about what would happen in the NBA if all the players, like all the black players, actually circled together and made moves together. You know, one if they yeah, became just this. Yeah, just, just, just pick the day. Just one game. One day they all don't play on the same day. But what if they all just pick like a a, a, a week or whatever where they just refuse to play? That's all. We're boycotting for this week until certain rights are recognized. You know, what if they just decided to do that? You know, I mean, what you know, like America has survived, you know, other strikes, you know, baseball strikes. You know, all all the major sports have gone to, well, what would happen if black athletes just decided to boycott for a week? You know, whatever their whatever their their profession was, you know, at any given time, baseball season, football season, basketball season. Can't quite do hockey yet because it'd only be about two or three dudes standing in that boycott. Yeah, it might be a little bit <laughs> more than three, maybe five, <laughs> yeah, six, maybe yeah. something like maybe that. Maybe five. But, you know, maybe, maybe you could get a team on the ice, you know. But, I mean, you know, soccer numbers are growing. You know, but what if they, you know, male, female, and athletes of color, not just black, but if it just became black, all right, so be it. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, what if they just, you know, if the point being, you know, that I'm hearing you make, and, and, and correct me, you know, if I'm wrong, you know, that it's more to where you play football than playing football. Or has it become only about football? And I don't think that's the conversation we're having enough of. You know, and if I may, just real quick, you know, I'm watching the clock. Uh, 
you know, um, I think it's, what is it, Sunday night football? I don't know. Sunday night, I guess, you know, they got the, the, the team players, you know, pop up and they and football and they pop up and they talk about, you know, what, what university they went to, you know. Yeah, man, that is that is such an insult to me, but it you know because I'm old, you know, get off my lawn, you know. It's just it's as insulting to me as playing the national anthem before a football game just for propaganda purposes. You know, I would rather see you know because obviously it doesn't take you know much to count, and if you count, if you can count up to eleven you know, up to 22, up to 44, that's both teams, defense and offense, that are starting. Um, You're going to find that the vast majority of those who you're seeing are athletes of color. So I would love it if all the athletes who are raising their heads and saying, you know, and they're raising their heads, you know, that came right out of, you know, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? When he first raised his head, when he had his hat on, now everybody raises their head. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know, out, I don't know what the, the shadow. Effect out the shadow. Yeah, right, yeah. You know, whatever that's well, you know, I guess that means whoa. Yeah, that means I'm really deep. I would love it if all those athletes, as they're talking about what college they went to, if they said what their major was and what their grade point average was, just to get the focus off the field. And back into the classroom, you know that's just. But that's just me. Go ahead, man. I'm. I'm I just had to just throw that in. You know. Go ahead. I I was I. I that's a good point because I, I I'm trying to re- remember if any any professional program ever did that when they talk about what they studied. No. But usually it's just like no. in discussion, right? It's like when the when the yeah. when the commentators are talking, then they'll mention maybe yeah. what they studied or something like that. Yeah, yeah, rarely. And most of the time, and I'm betting a dollar to a donut. You know how much I love my donuts. Most of the time, it's going to be the white player, you know, because that would be a typical conversation. You know, every once in a while, it's going to be a black player, you know, but that's not the typical conversation. It's two things that you can almost guarantee that a sportcaster is going to talk about you know a black athlete's physical skills and that his his mama is in the stadium you can almost count on those two things you know being talked about and i don't know what the stereotypic influence of that is i know it got this one dude jimmy the greek fired because he talked about how much of an advantage black athletes had on white athletes because they were raised and trained to be that way and they developed certain physical skills as a result of their participation in sports as slaves. I don't know why he got fired for making those comments, you know. I mean actually those comments are kinda of accurate. I guess you're just not supposed to enlighten the people like that, that you know, that from slavery we were trained to entertain our white masters. And I guess I'm not supposed to say that. But it's a new form of slavery. Now we just turn our children over to the coach or to the scout. And it is about money and it is about being in the stands and having the camera come on you and you can have your hair all done, your hair all done up and your bling bling and all that stuff, you know, but it still isn't talked about. Like when I, you know, here I go, when I was young, you know, it was almost guaranteed that even if it was just mama in the house, you know, the two things you had to do was go to school and go to church, you know. But now it seems that what what I hear all the time is, you know, how early on, you know, my child, my child, or my children were trained to 
play in sports. You know, like they got this movie coming out, um, King Richard or whatever the name of it is, about the the dude, you know, the father of Serena and Venus. Um, right. And, you know, I was watching yesterday the, the pro golf circuit, and they had this father-son, father-daughter. Actually, it was one father had his daughter out there playing golf. And Tiger had his son out there, Charlie. I think Charlie's 11. And it was a quote that, you know, they said that Tiger told his son, you know, just at the train said that um, more important than, than breathing, more important than your next breath is planning your next shot. I mean, you know, like it, it, there is a lost emphasis on education, and I think that's the point you were trying to make. Now, correct me, you know, if I'm missing something here. And I think what you got in return was a debate that questioned the validity of, of your post. Like, that ain't what we're talking about. Well, then, okay, what are we talking about? That's all I want to know. I want to know what the hating is. You know, what am I hating on? Just tell me what I'm hating on, and then we're good. You know, and I ain't hearing that. I even read the comments on and I ain't hearing people identifying what you're hating on, you know. But go ahead, man. Again, you know, I'm, I'm on. Yeah, that I, again, this is. I, I just, yeah, it's just part of me that's just don't want us to lose the focus of education, um, and don't get caught up in um, forgetting about that and get so caught up in, in, in just what you mentioned earlier. And I mean, I don't. I don't know, like you said, I don't know how Dion is as as a, a college coach. You know, I know he was mentoring and coaching, like, I think high school kids before he jumped on this college level. Even though they're 11-1, and one, they had a great season. They went to the championship game, even though they lost. They had a, a great season, you know, a lot of, um, you know, because of who he is, they brought all this attention to the, to the program and uh, – you know, I don't know how well he recruited this kid, but something must have worked out. Uh, we, you know, like you said, that we don't really know uh, what next year is going to be like, and you know how his coaching mm-hmm. and mentoring yeah. uh, will affect next year. Uh, there's still a lot that we have to see, you know. So it wasn't really any hating on Dion because there's nothing to hate. You know, it's not like right. it's been this. Right. <laughs> you know, we're talking about one year. Uh, of, yeah. of 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 his outstanding standing and and you know what his team did, um, but I just still think there's a lot to see, you know. And I think people forget, you know, it's not like he just and you know this may be sound like hating, you know, but let's not forget that he was interested in going to Florida State, even though some people would say he wasn't. You know, jokingly, I believe I'm putting the two fingers up for quotation purposes. Jokingly, uh, I think he was, you know, looking at being the next coach at Florida State, but they decided to go with the, somebody else. You know, so yeah. um, Jackson State. You know, he'll say like God was calling him to go to Jackson State, but I think it's just Florida State didn't call him. But I don't know. You know, 
<laughs> I'd like to know what God's voice sounded like. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> maybe, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm hearing it, I don't know. And I'd like to know what language God spoke in. Did he speak in the original Hebrew? You know, like, you know, was he speaking black? <laughs> you know, it looks like, hey, dude, what's up, man? What's up? And just going to Jackson State, you know, I mean, going to Florida State, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, like. You know, I mean, you must be whack. Oh, I have a God would talk now, you know. So, all right, I'm sorry, man. You know, but, uh, I'm tripping. I know I am. Uh, you know, I, 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 and I want to get off of this, man, to get, you know, to, to make room for, for the, the things you educate me on as far as the history of historically black colleges. I did not know there was like 107. I did not know that there's still over 200,000 you know, who attend these universities. You know, I do know that there is a uh, a strain, a stretch, of uh, uh, a chain of educators in our family, right? And mm-hmm. and I and I do feel a sense of, of of historical pride in that. You know, like your mom. You know, like um, cousin Penny. You know, you now your younger brother Arma. You know, teaching the school system in in Boston. You know, your cousin Jeff, Doctor, you know Obona Akbar, you know out of Yukon, you know your your cousin Pete, a physicist, you know who was who was an a, a associate secretary, assistant secretary to, you know the the dude who was in the Obama's cabinet for, you know a, a, a nuclear waste removal. I mean, so, you know we we got you know we got these these connections here. You know, um, I just. Don't and and I unfortunately I can't name an equal number of members of our family who who plays pro sports, <laughs> you know. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'm qualified to have issues with black athletes, but I feel like I am qualified to say or question or ask, you know, what is more important, you know, a football contract or an education. So if 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 the two, because I think there's more black male and female athletes who come out of school with degrees than pro athletic contracts, but I could be wrong. I haven't looked that up, but I I would agree with you on that. I would put my money on that. I was being facetious. <laughs> I mean, if you oh, say two hundred, I better 000, keep my money then. You know, I'll never yeah. mind. <laughs> I hope I didn't take you too far off stride, and I hope, you know, to our millions of listeners out there. The millions. <laughs> my man, right on, kid. You know, that um, that I didn't sound too much like I was, you know, coming to your defense. Because the last, I, I know you don't need anybody, take, but at the same, taking up your defense. But at the same time, if it has to be an issue that I'm, you know, impassioned about, then, yeah, if it sounds like I'm, you know, coming to your defense, then so be it. But it ain't a father trying to defend the son. It's one black man to another saying, yeah, we don't talk about this enough. Make no mistake about that, y'all. You know, I'm talking about this black man who's my oldest son. I'm not talking about my oldest son who happens to be a black man. Amen. All right. So go ahead on, man. I did want to talk a little bit about Plessy versus Ferguson, but that can wait. Well, you know, that – I. I was pretty much done. I mean, it's it's cool. I just wanted to touch on, 
I, I think just looking at where they started to where they are now, and it's yeah. great. But yeah. then at the same time, it, you know, it's great. But then at the same time, it's like, why are they still struggling? It's almost like the previous show when we were talking yeah. about, you know, yeah. movies and stuff. Why are we still yeah. celebrating, you know, when we get these yeah. these moments? Why why are we still like, oh, wow, why are we still surprised yeah. when yeah. when certain accomplishments and victories happen? Because things are still not yeah. equal, even though they say racism doesn't exist and things are equal. Obviously they're not, yeah. you know, but, but we should just be quiet and just be in the moment and just celebrate. Well, I'm sorry. I can't be that way. You know, so, right on. My yeah. man. Yeah. And I'm glad you can, you know, you must've got that from your mama. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 ha. No comment. Well, no she, comment. Was, she was a revolutionary in her day, man. You know, I mean, you know, she was like, you know, teaching this African American history, or you know, uh, high in a high school, man, that you know was unheard of. I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't permitted; it was just unheard of. You know, and she was like a, she was a, a kind of a, you know, like a, a spearhead in that. You know, so. I think I got it from both of y'all, but I'm just gonna leave it right there. Like you said, I think I got that honestly. But um. <laughs> Along yeah. with a lot of other stuff you struggle with. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know, we're we're we got about ten minutes left. Uh, I see Adam's in the queue. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and bring Adam bring in now. In. Absolutely, absolutely. I, get, I hope get you don't mind. Be talked about. <laughs> no, <not at> <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, cousin? What's How you up, doing, Adam? Yeah, what's how you doing? up? Good, good. I I have a question um, in regards to <laughs> to Deion Sanders. <laughs> I don't even know why I even start with that. I'm just gonna start talking from that. <laughs> but in regards to Deion, Deion Sanders and people celebrating that, yeah. Will before you were saying that HBCs and HBCUs were underfunded, could one yeah. of the one of the reasons about the celebration be? Now it may have, and it now it may have more of a draw to have other kids come there, which would in which would give the school more money. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. I think Could that's. Be? I think that's. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think that's the uh, initial response, the initial reaction. Yep. It's like great because I believe that there's another student who. Uh, just I think he plays at USC or something like that, but now he's uh, going to be at Grambling. Um, yeah, as a QB who was supposed to go to UCLA, but he decided to go to Grambling. So there's this opportunity now where black students will will perhaps grow in number and enroll at historically black colleges, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, they that means that they will be you know, better funding and things like that. But, you know, don't forget that HBCUs really don't even play in the same divisions with all these other schools. You know, yeah, they're, no, absolutely. You know, they're, what, D1 or something like that. I really don't know the divisions and how they broke down. But it's not like uh, – They're it's not, not like, like the Big Ten. They're not – it's not Ohio State. It's not Auburn. It's not like basketball. You know, 
in basketball yeah. tournaments, there's a chance that historically black colleges will get into the tournament. I haven't, we haven't seen any any historically black college football programs play against any predominantly white or you know schools in their tournaments. They have their but own that, separate championship. Yep. Could that speak to the reason why people go to go to historically black black schools because they're going for the education. They're not going for they're not gonna they're not going to go play football. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a a number of reasons. I mean, one, the tuition's a little less than some of the other schools. You have you know it's multicultural. Um, you know, and and there's even if you're playing sports, though, there's an opportunity that you could continue playing sports at historically black colleges versus some of the other, you know, other other schools. There's yeah. all kind of different factors uh, that that plays into why people go to historically black college. I mean, our cousin coached a girl, a, a white student with a bowling scholarship at a historically black college. You know what I mean? So it's it just sometimes it's I didn't realize that the opportunity was there. Yeah. 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 But so, I mean, even for white students, you know, there's opportunity. But I hope that answers your question. Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else? I'm, I'm surprised. No, I, I, just, I just wanted to, oh, all wanted right to chime, hey. in, chime in all and, right. and, you know, put my little two cents in. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. I think you're, I think you're raising a valid you know, point of discussion, you know, um, that that really goes into multiple levels, not just the, the singular one. You know, like um, I'm going to continue to hold black athletes responsible, you know, yeah. um, and I think that one of the ways that they could utilize their contracts, you know, this unbelievable amount of money that they're paid to entertain people, you know, they, with a substantial contribution to historically black colleges, you know, just maybe even the ones they attended to, they attended, but more importantly, just in general, like a percentage of their contract going to historical black colleges. I think that, you know, that would go a long way in guaranteeing a continuous funding. And I I, I agree, you know, uh, with, with, with overall what you both are saying, that um, most who attend historically black colleges don't go to play at um, sports. They go for the educational. They go for the educational um, um, opportunity that is, uh, and I agree with you, will more affordable. Where con- where, where where there isn't um, 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 what do you call that? Not a contract. What a, sp- a, a not a, a scholarship. scholarship. What's the word? Scholarship. Scholarship. You know, yeah, and scholarship. Then, you know where you know. Um, what at, at least at, at Morehouse and, and I don't know I don't know much about Morehouse um, but there's also at least with Morehouse there's that brotherhood because I remember when our mom first started going there Jeff would ask him if he knew their motto or whatever it was and our mom didn't and he's like give it about a month and you're going to know it so it's just it's that brotherhood of we're all Morehouse men yeah which you may but not I, get I, 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 mean, I guess mother school. Yeah, I wanted to just finish the point I was making. I thought there was a comment you wanted to make about the point I was making. You know, um, that, that that the requirement, I feel, rests more on the shoulders of, 
of, of, of these professional athletes who make an incredible amount of money for a short stretch of time, you know, that they're involved in athletics actively, physically, you know, that a, a substantial contribution out of a multi-million dollar contract wouldn't be much that contract, and most of it would be tax writable, you know, but it would definitely mean something to these institutions that they can count on as a continuous flow of revenue. And I don't think see, I don't think anything like that will happen until the majority of black athletes have um, black agents, you know, agents who are you know fine tuned and socially aware of the importance of, of of having a kind of financial perpetuation plan that can help support these institutions. So they're not struggling, you know. And I also think it would help raise the level and quality, raise the bar anyway, you know, where black institutions would start being seen in the way they should be seen if this isn't still a separate but equal attitude that education has, which I still think it is, but that there's no reason why Morehouse or a Howard, you know, or a Jackson State or Grambling or Prairie View, there's no reason why I'm just, just those handful. There's no reason why they shouldn't be known for their educational commitments beyond the scope of their athletics to the point to where, you know, educationally they should be thought of in the same vein as the white, traditionally white Ivy League schools, you know, who themselves don't necessarily have an outstanding athletic program, but they're recognized for their educational variety. I would venture to say if looked at, I don't think other than the fact that it's what's white controlled, that the quality of education isn't that much better. You know, if it's mm-hmm. better at all. You know, I just think it's what you know, when if I'm if I'm a black man and if I own, you know, like a major percentage of of of, of my product as a business person or an entrepreneur and if I'm looking to bring people in, you know, to my black business, then the first place I'm gonna look is my black institutions. So reverse that. If I'm a white man, I'm gonna do the same thing. But if I decide as a white man that, okay, how um, Harvard, Yale, and, you know, the rest of them are the ones that I'm going to recruit, well, right away they're going to be the ones that are going to be seen as being the greatest as far as available with education. Ain't nobody going to question the education. They're going to just look at the degree. They're going to say, oh, yeah, yep. come on in. You know, but if, I'm, if I have that same power, which I don't, you know, because that's the way, you know, institutional racism or systematic, systemic racism works, it's not equal. It's not an equal playing field. So my historically black college universities are seen as being quaint or unique, but not on the same caliber. And that's only because I don't have as much clout as a black man, politician, entrepreneur, businessman, as you do as a white man or white woman, you know, in the same vein. So I, I think that when we look at, um, what what the real and Will and I would we were talk Will you and I were talking about this in in a, you know in depth the last few days that this is multi tiered this is multi level this has a lot of tentacles a lot of branches to the same tree it is not a singular issue you know that is all comprised and wrapped around Deion Saunders being the head coach at Jackson State you know so anyway sorry man I, I men. I did it again, you know. But y'all touching me with the with, with with this with this topic. 
but but again, this this topic should be looked at, and and I think we should continue to talk about it. You know, and if necessary, hold people accountable. We don't know what next year is going to happen. You know, what's going to happen next year. Uh, You know, what? I mean, we've seen plenty of coaches just leave a college, you know, and go to another college. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but we have to give it time. We don't know, you know, once once this prime time uh, energy wears off and he continues to be a coach. You know, we'll see how that goes. How does the program go? How does his mentoring capabilities yeah. go? What kind of students yeah. is he recruiting? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's it's way yeah. too early to tell. Um, but again, ladies and, and gentlemen, who knows? He might he might decide to take a platform and a stance and use his position um, to talk about the importance of education in black institutions. You're right. Who knows, man? You know, he I mean, might be our next. You know, he might be our next. Community mouthpiece. He might be the next Martin Luther King Jr. Malcolm yeah, J- um, you know, J- you know, Atrap Brown. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, J- Janelle Hill. Is that is that her? I don't remember if I'm pr- pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, Jamil Jamil Hill. Uh, a couple years ago, she uh, wrote an article about um, uh, what's right what people don't understand about athletes supporting HBCUs. And uh, in, in short, just real quick, and this reminds me of something else we talked about, she, she said that, but she was like, why is it, why is the notion um, that black athletes would use their talents to build historically black institutions rather than make money for white ones? Why is this unthinkable that athletes could use this talent to build up historically black colleges? But there's that other debate that people, you know, can't understand that. That's almost like that discussion we had where we talked about policing our own community. Why is it difficult for us to, okay, maybe we can't picture it, but we can't even talk about the possibility of us using our talents to build up historically black colleges, to build up our own neighborhoods. You know, we have the capability, but we continue to have these discussions like it's unthinkable. So again, why? And that was the whole point. Why? And that was kind of what I wanted to. Well, we're spoiled. We're spoiled. We're spoiled. Even with our little crumbs of the cake, we're spoiled in having them crumbs. We'd rather have crumbs than to risk having nothing. You know, that's why. I mean, just give me my 10%. Just call me minority. Just give me my little minority contracts. Just give me a little wedge of the pie. You know, because that's better than having no pie at all. We're spoiled. You know, we've forgotten you know, what it is to, um, to, to, to live collectively in a socioeconomically and geographically, you know, um, segregated society. You know, we've been given a little bit and, you know, we ride the wave as a result of that little bit, not recognizing that the little bit we get, a bigger portion is taken right back. We're still fighting for the same things that were given to us in the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th Amendment or whichever number it is, you know. And we're still approaching it like it's something that we're still supposed to be fighting for. No, it is something that we're supposed to have. <laughs> I don't understand right. what, you know, what right. it, you know, it's like, what do you, it, it, you know, okay, <laughs> calm yeah. down. You know, <laughs> you know, like treat me, you know, treat me like I am an equal part of the greater whole. Don't treat me like I'm a minority. You know, treat me like I'm, I'm, you know, that I live in a society that is equal. You know, 
not, you know, separate but equal, you know, treat me like, you know, the rights of others also include the rights for me. You know, treat me. Matter of fact, let's forget about color altogether. Let's just start referring to ourselves in in, in consensus and in in, in 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 applications and in in walks of life in America. Let's just start doing what the Chinese do or the British do or or, or Africans do. Let's just call ourselves Americans. <laughs> you know, I remember talking with a South African white couple. You know, and I asked them, and I wasn't being naive or facetious. I was curious. I asked them, you're, you're South African? And they said, yes. And I said, you're white? Yeah. And I said, so what do you call yourself? And they looked at me and said, well, African, of course. You know, so you know, if they can do that, how come we can't do that? You know, man. I mean, call me an American. That's, I, you know, I, I joined the armed service as an American. I pay taxes as an American. You know, um, everything overseas that, that has anything to do with my identity, they think of me as an American. You know, so, you know, why not just in these borders, in these four borders, you know? But but you're black. But you're black. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not just black. I'm an African-American, you know, and and it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that thing has helped me more or hurt me more, you know. But, you know, like, unfortunately, my generation lived at the most difficult time of social upheaval and trying to figure out who we are and moving from colored Negro, you know, um, colored and Negro to to black and African, you know, it's a hard transition in the 60s to make. And unfortunately, most, you know, are not in front of me now. Most are behind me. And most behind me don't know what it was like to have to go through that transitional period of moving from colored to black, you know. And it's still the same problem, though, in, in, in white-dominant America. You know, just who are we this year? You know, just, and, and, and what is the advantage to it? You know, what did my man say? You know, Ralph Ellison is sometimes advantageous, you know, um, to be invisible, although it can be rather wearing on the nerves, you know. So anyway, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all just got me stirred up once again, and I'm apologizing and trying to shut up once again. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> my plan so, worked again. Go on, man. I'd, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Cut it out, well, Adam. We've been into we'll, overtime anyway. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll leave the cables Adam's for next an week. Instigator. And well, yeah, Adam we'll... curious, he's an instigator. Who <laughs> 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 me? No, but you know, Adam. Adam, to to your point about Morehouse, and you're right. You know, Morehouse Spellman, they they always have that extra thing about them because not only they have tradition, but then they also. Uh, even in this time, it's still advantageous to have this male institution and the female institution. But it's you know yeah. they all work yeah. together anyway. But yeah. I think yeah. I think with that historically black black colleges themselves have that have that 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 cultural participation. I don't know if that's the right word, but just this this ability, you know, to to interact. Let's say interact with your instructor. You know, uh, it's kind of it's a little bit more personal versus from my experience. This is just me speaking. Maybe for everybody, it's not the same. When I went to Illinois State, they just gave me a list of classes to take and say, here you go. You know, but when I went to Clark, Atlanta, you know, there was people involved in the decisions that I was making to choose the classes. You know, there was a little bit something about what my needs were. And not what they wanted me to take, 
you know, so, and I think a lot of historically black colleges provide that opportunity and experience for all of their students, you know. Amen. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, Wilfredo, I love the conversation. I think it's been lively. Thank you, Adam. But I think it's time to land this airplane, man. So I will talk to you guys in a couple days. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, So if you would like to support historically black colleges, you can always go to the HBCUfoundation.org and get more information from there. Um, The Greenhouse Effect, effect, providing an opportunity uh, to exercise critical thinking, experience a renewed self-awareness, and maybe, maybe an even deeper connection to others and their experience especially when we share interpretations and feelings. Uh, So just to give you a heads up, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got the holiday season approaching. Uh, I'm going to be making some moves, so uh, we'll see how it goes with the show. I'm going to be moving around a little bit. Our intention is to keep the show going uh, through the holiday season. Uh, Wednesday will be very special, but we'll see how it goes next week. We just wanted to give you a heads up, but we're not going to just give up and not have a show. So, with that saying, we'll hope to hear you all Wednesday, same time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and don't forget the shows are saved on all your favorite listening platforms. Uh, anything else before we go, Dad? No. Um, it ain't just so people understand, we're not giving up. We're just talking about looking at <laughs> if we're going to have shows during the holidays, you know, and that Will's going to be down this way um, in a couple of days, and then maybe broadcasting from Mexico. So that's what right. you're talking about, y'all. Right. Yeah. So I'll be in right. I'll be in Dallas we'll, tomorrow. We'll explain more. Yeah. Yeah, we'll explain I'll, more I'll, online. Yeah, we'll explain yeah, I'll be more. in Dallas tomorrow and I'll be out of the country starting next week. So I'm not sure how we how our broadcast will go. So we just wanted to give you a heads up. That's all. Right on. There you go. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, please be safe out there. Amen. Keep those masks up. All right. Have a good night. Good night, Dad. Good night, Adam, Love you, and everybody man. else that was listening take tonight. Take care, Adam. Take care, Brenda. All right, you guys, take care. All right. What's up, on Brenda? <laughs>